Hello and welcome to episode five of this AFL Life. I'm Alison Smirnoff and I'm joined by Julia Kiera. How are you going? I'm good, but I am on the now second week in the row midweek come down uh. after having just an amazing AFLW weekend. <laughs> It's the emotional lull, midweek mm, lull. Yeah. I've consumed all the papers, all the articles, everything, and now we're in the midweek. Uh, how many days <laughs> until it starts again? But week two was just as good, if not better, wasn't it? I think it was better. Well, the games, I think, were better. Yeah. We, we're never going to repeat that, that Friday night, that Carlton Collingwood. Heightened emotion. The heightened emotion, tears, <laughs> you know, just goosebumps. But, yeah, overall, I think the games were more entertaining and we saw more goals kicked and all that good stuff. Mm, and I dare say probably saw a little bit more of how teams are going to play yeah. perhaps as well. As they're settling into it. Yes. So if, what, what, are you, what are your key takeaways from, from the weekend as a whole? Well, putting I just you, Putting you on the spot here. I think if two weeks ago, if you had said to someone who was eager to watch AFLW that after two weeks, the trio of teams unbeaten were going to be Carlton, Brisbane and Adelaide, <laughs> they might not have believed you. And that the trio of teams on Zip and Two were going to be the Pies, mm. GWS and Fremantle. Yes. They might have also thought you were pulling what? their leg. Yep. So... It's been pretty interesting. Mm, very, very interesting. Um, and we're all looking like idiots. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, we're just seeing all these things come out in the wash and things that we thought might have been advantages aren't necessarily. Things that we thought might be a disadvantage, like being on the road two weeks in a row, mm. um, have come to pass. So, yeah. Mm. Well, that brings us to last Friday night, mm. Whitnoval. Two weeks of a, in a row of uh, Friday night footy, Friday night women's footy. Yeah. Western Bulldogs took on Adelaide, and Adelaide won by twenty five points. Mm. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, that Adelaide team uh, taking lots of people by surprise, myself included. Um, but then having watched them in the flesh on Friday night, wow, they look really well drilled. Mm. They look really fit. They look really cohesive, and it just showed up. The Western Bulldogs that didn't look cohesive that night. Which is so funny because when we talked about the Adelaide practice game in Darwin, yeah. we talked about the commentary and how there was one particular commentator that was saying, oh, but, you know, a third of the squad is based up in Darwin. They don't yeah. have that cohesion, blah, blah, blah. But they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they just weren't showing it off in that practice game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, that was a f weird, funny old game. If you just watch Adelaide, it looks really good. And then if you watch Western Bulldogs with the Western Bulldogs lens, you're like, what? what's happening? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they kicked 211. They kicked, I think, the first five points. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know if the style of football that they're being um, instructed to play is kind of was paying off in that game. It seemed a bit like just moving the ball really quickly, like get it on your boot, next possession, next possession, play on, play on. And, and it wasn't really lending itself to the group of girls on the field that night. Mm. Um, you know, often, you know, a, a mark would finally be taken and then the girl would put on the boot straight away and the next teammate ha hadn't even turned around yet. It looked really, I don't know, yeah. strange. It's it, it's interesting because it served them so well the week before, like getting it in quick to their forwards mm. um, against Fremantle. But the pressure from Adelaide was just relentless all night. And I think that in a way that kind of rattled them a little bit. And when you miss 
shots at goal mm. and then the other team takes it down the other end and scores. It just yeah. it just plays with your mind. Yeah, it does. And Adelaide were taking it down the other end very neatly. Yes. You know, they'd get a kick out. They'd, they'd do a nice short, sharp kick to, more often than not, Heather Anderson, who was unmarked in the pocket. Mm-hmm. She'd kick to a teammate around the 50 arc and then they would have got it into their forward half just mm. contest free. And then if, you know, when there was a turnover, the Bulldogs had to work so hard to, you know, bring it back or as, you know, cool, calm and collected. So I saw, you know, Beck Goddard on the women's footy show on Sunday just saying they wanted to pay, play an attacking brand of footy. And I wouldn't say, if I was from the Western Bulldogs, I'd say, yeah, well, we play an attacking brand of footy too. Mm. But um, the Adelaide brand was just shorter and sharper and um, because the team seems to have clicked, it was, it was paying off. Whereas the Western Bulldogs style, yeah, it was attacking, but it was a bit frantic. Yeah, and it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't clicking together. You know, it's a seven, seven game season, and the teams that click together first are going to win. You know, you don't mm. have this period of time to settle in and get to know each other and learn each other's instincts and reflexes. You got to get going from the beginning, and Adelaide have done that, just despite nine of the girls living, you know, being in NT. Yep. And look, I don't, um, I don't like talking about umpiring because I just feel like it's not really in the spirit of good sportsmanship. But the umpiring was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it's weird. No judgments. It was weird. Um, it just seemed kind of inconsistent to the week prior. Yeah. And probably inconsistent to how the laws were being adjudicated over the, the next three games. Mm. Um, you know, there were lots of push in the backs, lots of um, highs that looked – they just looked a bit soft, like they were kind of paying a lot of those frees that I wasn't necessarily seeing paid in the other games and also that I don't think really get paid at club level. Mm. Um, so, we, you know, these girls are um, now going into this system where they're having kind of a new suite of umpires, umpiring them and applying the laws of the game – as they should, but yeah, I, I don't know if they're used to some of these things being called in the way that they are. Like we also saw lots of 50 meter penalties paid for people creeping over the mark. Yeah. And it's not, that's not because girls don't know the rules. I think it's just because the finickiness of that rule doesn't tend to get paid as much at, at a club community club level yeah and i think also the crowd noise as oh, well yeah, they I can't mean, hear they can't hear yeah <laughs> so the umpire's saying get back get back get yeah, back that's right they may yeah. not actually they might not hear it and hear y- it. yeah you, you might be right with that yeah yeah because i've seen lots of really experienced players who know that rule uh give it away give a 50 meter rate also because in victorian you know victorian league it's only a 25 meter penalty yes so now it's a 50 meter penalty and that's a long way mm. so if you're giving it just forward of the centre. Yeah. It's a shot on goal. It's and sh- it's, yeah. yeah. And in a short game as well. And th- actually, that's the other thing. Because the quarters are so short, it's panic stations. If you're two goals down halfway through the quarter, it's mm. like, it's unless you can score quickly, it's almost game over. Yeah. Getting a, a nice set shot is really hard to come by. And yeah, if you've given a silly free away because you've crept over the mark because you couldn't hear the umpire telling you to come back and then suddenly your opponent has a set shot from, you know, 30 metres out. Mm. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's yeah. They're on a steep learning curve, and it made I think it made that game look a bit messy. Like there was a time in the fourth quarter where there were maybe three fifty-minute penalties paid yeah. in a row. It was a bit of a schmozzle. <laughs> Apart from that bit, so I'm not going to talk about umpires anymore. No, that's it. We're done. That's it. We're done. It's a hard job. I don't want to do it. Good mm. on you. But yeah, just the consistency. We'll we'll see that that's going to come mm. down the wash as it comes along, and and, and players are going to adjust to adjust to it as they get to know it better. But the thing I also wanted to mention was just how the styles of the two teams 
team contrasted and I really feel like Adelaide play women's footy. Yes, you said this to me on Friday night. Yeah. Can you, and can you explain I've to our to, listeners what, what you mean by that? Yeah. Well, look, I think there's like an American Supreme Court justice said something like, I cannot define pornography, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> And it's the same about women's footy. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And Adelaide were playing it. so And also GWS were playing it in patches. Mm. So I guess what I mean by that are particular features of women's footy that I've come to know over the years that work well for uh, female bodies, female abilities. And so a lot of that is about hogging the ball, basically. Possession footy. um, Not turning it over easily. Doing short, sharp kicks to your teammates instead of the long bomb down the wing Mm. to a contested mark. We're seeing a lot of long long bombs down the wing to a contested mark, but players who can take that contested mark are kind of in short supply. And I think being defensive into bringing it out along the boundary out of the back line, um, switching the ball inboard. You know, there are some times, there were times on Friday night where I was just screaming at Footscray, at, sorry, <laughs> at Western Bulldogs to switch the ball or to look back inboard. Mm. Um, and they kept going down the line again to the contest. Switching, that's what good women's teams do a lot of the time because it just opens up the other side of the ground. It works to, I guess, the endurance capabilities of, of what the girls you've got are. Um, I guess the other thing is more the positional play. So, you know, Sarah Perkins is a full forward that really lends itself to Adelaide style in that she does, you know, she doesn't really leave the the 50. She sits at the top of the square or she makes a strong lead out towards the 50. And her teammates know that if they gather the ball quickly in their half, that they can kick it to that spot and she's going to be there. Mm. Whereas other teams, and I guess we see that with the Bulldogs, is because they play this more rolling zone type of thing, if they get a quick kick out into the forward line, their full forward isn't sitting there. And when you've got a group of girls who are just gelling together and they don't yet know each other's habits and instincts and whatever, that makes it hard for them to make it work. So I guess those are the features that I think Adelaide are doing that are making it work. And and the thing is, maybe if we if it was a 20-round season, the other teams would work Adelaide out and they would, you know, be losing games by... How it, you know, however many rounds in, but it's such a short season, so they're they're going with what works. Yeah, and um, they're succeeding so far. Mm. It's fascinating, <laughs> is it? It's a, just a harebrained theory, but <laughs> it's out there now. <laughs> so after the game, we were in the Adelaide rooms and we had a chat to Courtney Cramey. She had a great game uh, down in the back line. Yeah, so Courtney, you, you're going to hear Courtney talk about the pressure that the Adelaide players were putting on the Western Bulldogs and I think that we did see that come out, especially in, you know, if the Western Bulldogs are already playing this kind of really quick style of footy where they've got to move the ball quickly and then you've got so much pressure coming onto you, it really means that the Bulldogs need to execute their skills so perfectly because they've only got a split second to do it and they couldn't make that happen. So, um, yeah, Courtney can speak about that. Yeah, here she is. <laughs> So we're in the winning Adelaide rooms with Courtney Cromie. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, a really hard-fought win. Um, the, the Bulldogs are a very respected opponent, opponent so um, to get the win tonight, it's um, really good for us moving forward in the competition. And especially a win away from home. Yeah, absolutely. It's the first time we travelled. We were lucky enough to um, have a home game to start with, so um, the girls came together really well and um, we got off to a good start and, and just held it from there. Now, they got off to a flyer and they really kind of 
were attacking their goal early, but you seem to weather the storm and then you really settled. It helps having a big target up front, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, our defence uh, played a really good game and, and it started back there. Their, um, their ball use out of a stoppage is pretty impressive. So um, our pressure acts were up tonight um, and then you know the forwards finishing it off was just fantastic. You mentioned the, the pressure acts and the ball use and it did seem like when the Bulldogs were getting quite uh, frantic, you guys just played tempo footy and held possession and hit your targets and it it paid off, like especially in that first half. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're a quick side, and and the way they move the ball out of a stoppage um, by hand is pretty impressive. So, um, yeah, those those pressure acts are, are really important. And then um, the way we use the ball going forward, um, and the and the guys finishing it off up forward. I mean, um, Perkins and, and Rachel Killian for a debut had a fantastic game tonight. Yeah, she was brilliant, actually, Rachel. Yeah, um, so that was her f first game tonight. Unfortunately, she missed round one um, with a bit of a sore driver, but um, the way she she moved tonight and was a target up forward was impressive. And she's she's still quite young too, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. She, um, uh, she's been um, playing footy for a number of years, um, but played a bit of tennis, and um, now there's an opportunity. She's um, really killing it. So what do you think this 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 kind of great start means for, for SA footy. They've got um, role models to now look up to, which is fantastic. And um, to have a South Australian side and, and the Crows um, getting that licence was amazing for South Australian football. Um, and, you know, the participation rates at, um, in South Australia have just boomed. So it's really exciting times in South Australia. I can't wait for us to get better and better. I think you spoke to Alison on the podcast about a year ago. Can you believe what the last 12 months has brought? I know, it's pretty amazing. I actually uh, was over in Melbourne last year for the Youth Girls Championships um, as uh, one of their mentors and came out to uh, a Darabin training and um, caught up with um, Change Her Game, which was um, great. And It's just amazing how far it's come so quickly and um, Gil bringing it forward to 2017 has just been brilliant. And back then you mentioned a young girl called Ebony Marinoff to keep an eye on. <laughs> Have you got any comments on her game tonight? I'd like to take the credit, but uh, no, she, um, she's just amazing. Her, her ball gettability is amazing. Um, she's a true character as well, and I think she's going to be um, one of the greats of the game going forward. Well, thanks so much, Courtney. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for that, Courtney. It's great to have you back on the show. I think this episode's just all returning guests. It is all returning guests, but... We don't like new people. We don't. <laughs> We're a closed shop here at This Save My Life. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, well, that brings us to the second game of the round. It was a very, very entertaining game. Carlton v GWS. And Carlton just got home by mm. 13 points. What did you make of that one, JC? What I made of it is that your loyalty to Carlton <laughs> is very slim. It's a bit fickle, because isn't it? it is a bit fickle because maybe around, I don't know, halfway through the second quarter, you just turned to me and said, I think I'm going for GWS. <laughs> now, didn't you get your 14-year Carlton member pin this year or something? <laughs> and did. how quickly it's at the bottom of your knapsack. You're, you're <laughs> Backpack. <laughs> I can't talk. That was a good game. It was a good game. It Look, was great. It, but it just it further proves to me that I am just supporting football. Mm. And I just, I mean, I think everyone thought that GWS were going to really struggle. Mm. And they're not. And they really took it up to Carlton. And they yep. played smart footy. 
Women's um, footy. Smart women's footy. They use, the, you know, they played to their strengths. and look, They use a corridor. They, yes. Didn't muck around. <laughs> but they also have Jess Dalpos. And look, we're connected to Darabin and we get to see her every week and we know how good she is but she's performing on the big stage now and everyone else is getting to see it too mm. she's just a smart footballer lethal left foot she knows where to to pinpoint it going mm. forward she got on the scoreboard herself she just played a ripper of a game yeah she did she she lowers her eyes mm. she doesn't blaze away she's got a very precise kick and she knows how to use it as a weapon and she set up another goal i think for phoebe mcwilliams because she just popped it you yep. know she had two seconds to look up and see where phoebe was and just mm, nailed just it. drilled it so she and i was having a look this morning and she laid 10 tackles yeah she was just a machine she was everywhere mm. Yeah, look, I was just—it was just—it was a really great game of footy. I just think um, Carlton's kind of experience kind of shone through a little bit, yeah. and um, they threw Kate Shearlaw forward. That really stretched GWS's defence. Mm. Um, but just just that ability to to kick goals, like well, yeah. quick goals in a row, was the difference in the end. Mm. And they didn't, you know, that was a game where it was seven five to five four. Like there was no no huge amount of behinds getting kicked. At, the, the players were being quite effective and efficient and not blazing away in Carlton. That's kind of what clinched it for Carlton is that when they had finally were getting more free-flowing game happening in, in the, the second half, they didn't waste it. Yeah, so I, but I think they would have got a big kick up the bottom. Yeah. Because they didn't look uh, – they weren't first to the ball. They weren't first to the ball in that first half. And GWS, they were winning the – um, they're winning the clearances. Well, it looked like they were winning the clearances and, and then just taking it straight down the ground. Mm. And once, you know, I think Carlton regrouped that they managed to stop that. But yeah, GWS, you know, lots of people might have ridden them off and they're here to play and they showed that they were here to play. I, I think it helped that it was hot and Carlton looked hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Well, um, apparently because GWS train uh, in Western Sydney and it's often very, very hot out there. They're mm. often training in 40 degree heat and they're quite used to playing in that heat. So they seem quite unfazed by it. So it'll be very interesting when they have home games, mm. just how the other teams cope with that. Well, it, I, th- I think it did play into it. Just watching the Carlton girls um, in the first quarter, they looked heavy. Their legs looked heavy and, and GWS didn't, you know, we were obviously there at the game so I could kind of watch everyone else. And, yeah, they didn't they didn't look sprightly. <laughs> it it yep. was, you know, three in the afternoon, full sun. Probably mm. maybe, maybe do you think a little bit of an emotional come down from the Friday night before? Yeah, possibly. I, I, yeah, I think that could have been a part of it. I think maybe not starting the game with this really attacking frame of mind. Mm. They were letting GWS get the ball first. But having said that, I think <laughs> I think their players around the ball did really, they really lifted. Like Katie Lines really started you know, mm. throwing her, her body around and, yeah. and Brie Davey just was Brie Davey. Yeah, and Shay Audley, you know, mm. she was just in and under the whole day and got rewarded with a nice goal yeah. as well. So, yeah, they started to... To claw it back. Now, after the game, you had the very good fortune of, of chatting to someone we know quite well. I did. I um, I was just loitering in the weird two-hour, <laughs> two, three-hour lull between the two games. And our little friend, Darcy, just 
just popped out <laughs> just to just to say hi to a few people and you know sign a few things and I managed to grab her you'll see so you, you're gonna hear this very quick conversation but right at the end is when the gates opened for the next game and all these people started running in and saw Darcy oh. so that's why the, it, <laughs> it ends rather abruptly because she was also still you know full kit she hadn't had a shower oh. so <laughs> just taking her time Here's Darcy. Hi, Darcy. Thanks. We're here at Princess Park in the weird <laughs> quiet between the two games on Saturday yeah, it's after <laughs> Carlton have just beat GW. Yes. How you feeling, Darcy? Really good. It's great to be back on the pod. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, listeners. Thanks for hanging around. I know it must be tough when I'm not on, but I'm um, just sticking by by the team and I'm sure they really appreciate it. <laughs> there's a considerable lack of puns without Darcy around. I know that there's a, there's a particular Twitter listener who's just hanging for some Darcy puns. So have you got anything? We'll just um, just have a think. We'll try and weave them into the conversation. Okay, yeah, I'll have a think. Okay. They've got to come naturally. You can't force them. <laughs> you can't force them. Um, well, that, that, that was quite a game. Yeah. Um, GWS were pretty good. Yeah. No, they were great. They, um... Yeah, they came out really hard and their pressure around the footy was just, yeah, ma- matched us easily um, in the first three quarters and, yeah, we were lucky to get a few quick goals to kind of settle us in the last, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, another nice crowd here. It was pretty hot. Was that, yeah. what, do you think that made a bit of a difference? Oh, it was bloody boiling, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I got out, I was I was roasting, um, but no, it was good. Uh I guess it's pretty hard to prepare for that sort of thing, um, especially when we usually train at night. So, uh, we, yeah, we just tried to hydrate and all that and stay cool during halftime. But, um, yeah, it was pretty hard. But they look pretty, like, perky, like they're used to this Tropicana lifestyle yeah, up there yeah. in Sydney. It's like they just hang out at the beach by yeah. day and train at night. Is that – oh, is that correct? We all have to ask Jessie Dale. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. She had a great game. Yeah, she played so well. Um, it's good to see her dominating that midfield and yeah. using that lethal – left foot of hers yeah she was very good awesome. well done Dal. well you've had a few sentences to get a pun out and i haven't heard one yet so this is really just funny. <laughs> anyway no pressure um you slotted a few nice goals today from set shots yeah i know um yeah it's always good to get the set shot because mm. i feel like they're the the ones that i'm most nervous with so mm. to be able to get those um yeah it was good it was good to be able to finish that's for sure <laughs> That was a really long sentence to say that I like kicking set shots. <laughs> um, Edit. <laughs> but you, um, you probably didn't have. Well, I don't know. Did you have as many opportunities? You, you were really well held today. Yeah. You had to clunk a few big marks to get those shots. Yeah, I felt like, um, you know, the ball probably wasn't getting roosted down as often as last week, so it was a bit tricky. Um, and that's just because the GWS girls were just doing so well clearing it out of the centre um, but yeah we got to just had to take the opportunities when they were there and make the most of when we had it yeah yeah awesome you're really sounding like football I know <laughs> how boring <laughs> this is the most boring interview of all time sorry guys cliche 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 just taking it one week at a time yeah 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 all right back you... onto the track on okay. Monday <laughs> just looking forward to Adelaide next yeah, week yeah yeah just looking forward to Adelaide next week uh, yeah Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we saw Adelaide last night and they look sharp. Yeah, they were looking pretty hot when they. Yeah, you should have nightmares. No, yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. No, we've definitely um, got a big task ahead. Uh, having them being undefeated as well, 
no doubt they're full of confidence and Perko's feeling perky, so... Yeah, she's up and about. Yeah, I think Carlton made a wrong move with, what, four they recruited, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I know. Maybe there'll be a trade. <laughs> yeah, mid trade. trade. Perko back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not kidding. No, no just please, kidding. Carlton, please keep me. All right, okay, all these people are coming in and they're going to get you, so we better let okay. you go. All right, all right. see you See you, I love Thanks. you guys. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, Das. Oh, I put a lot of pressure on her with the uh, puns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're hoping we're hoping to get uh, Das and, and Asta on the show in, in a couple of weeks. So uh, together, ho- together. I don't know if that's going to happen just because they're mortal enemies now. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's interesting, but they might do it for us. They might, and, but we and might need to put them on opposite sides of the room. Yeah, but and our loyal listeners too. I'm sure. I'm sure they want to reward them. Reward them. Yes. Yeah. So Saturday night, second game of the double header, Collingwood. Took on Melbourne. Melbourne got home by 19 points in the end. 7-2. Yes. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. Mm. Uh, 7-2-44 to Collingwood 4-1-25. It's kind of a game of two halves, wasn't it, JC? Well, yes. And I think we're, yeah, not the not the first to say that, but it, it definitely was. Collingwood was on top and Melbourne looked like the Melbourne of the previous week. And then something's happened at halftime and they've just started to take the game on and take risks and use their weapons, which are Cat Phillips, Paxi, the, those girls that are really fast and can break the game open. Yeah, well, that third quarter was really the difference, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Cat Phillips got two goals, Paxi got on the board as well. But it was just like... At every opportunity, Cat Phillips just sprinted to the goal square. Mm, yeah, and she is fast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. I wouldn't. I, I don't envy whoever has to mark her. Mm. And also, I think Alyssa Misswood got, got a goal as well. Possibly from a was it Cat Phillips who was running in and then um, it got dropped and then she was picked a, it up. I think it was like a long kick in, and, yeah. and then uh, I think Nick Stevens kind of juggled the ball. Yeah, a bit of a scramble on the goal yeah. line and, and Mifsa was just standing there. Mm. Yeah, we spoke a little bit – well, we've spoken before and lots of other media outlets have spoken about how Melbourne don't really have a forward structure and they don't have tall targets or whatever. But, you know, we saw Jess Anderson, mm. you know, she's quite young. I think she's 19. 19, yeah. Um, take a few good marks and kick the ball to a good spot. We saw Mifsa get, get a goal. You know, these girls, they might not be the superstar names like Taylor Harris or – Katie Brennan, but this is their opportunity. Yeah. They've got all the resources there to support them into becoming those superstars, and they're going to get fed the ball by the cream of the crop. Yeah, in Daisy Pierce, Elise O'Day, Karen Paxman, they can they can do a forward entry. They can deliver a ball, can't they? So those girls have this wonderful opportunity to mm. learn and really excel and trust themselves and trust their teammates. So you know, I hope that Melbourne's forward structure is starting is starting to develop and and when those girls can't be on the end of it, well, we know that they've got these really fast midfielders that can kick a winning score out of the midfield. Yeah, but I, I did like the look of Anderson. She's a really good kind of lead-up forward mm. and she's, um, you know, really strong. Yeah, and like you said, she was she was kicking the ball on mm. to, to good places as well. Yeah, there was an unfortunate incident. There was. So Meg Downey got a knock in the head. Um, by was it Casey from Collingwood and Collingwood mm. and she's since um, received a two week suspension and in that act or possibly a little bit before she's done her hamstring which mm. has ruled her out for the season. Yeah, well the news um, actually came out today. They released their med- um, injury report. Melbourne did and um, Steph De Bortley ha- has an Achilles injury. She hasn't played yet, so but mm. she's had surgery on that. She's out for the rest of the year. But Meg Downey actually 
just prior to that incident where she got concussed, mm. actually ruptured her hamstring. And I have since watched the replay mm. and you actually do see her kind of pull up mm. and kind of slightly buckle. Yeah. So it was just that – it was just – horrific timing that she's yep. she's done a hammy she's gone to grab it and slightly buckled and at mm. the same time mm. yeah casey's come past and, and just kind of clipped it yeah so she's received two weeks um casey and i've seen a bit of stuff in the news about maybe it should be more because you know she's knocked her out and so on but what do you think about that look i think two weeks is a pretty big penalty in a seven week season yeah. Yeah, that's um, my thought as well. It's yeah. the, you know, it's a proportion. It's the quarter. It's over a quarter of your season. Yeah, you know, what? How do you get rubbed out for six games in? Yeah, you know, yeah. So, and also, I I do feel like there is maybe a, a learning curve element. Yeah. There. I um, mean, there definitely is a duty of care, and I think it maybe look maybe it was a little bit careless, but yeah, look, I don't know. It was also I think just horrific because Downey mm. did kind of mm. drop at the same time I, I don't yeah like yeah that's the thing like it's i felt like that was a an instance of millimeters going yeah. wrong and yes it's careless in part but if she had pulled out of the contest we would have said that she's a bit soft or mm. something so i think two games is fair at this stage of the competition and considering it's only 7 7 weeks yeah because she she won't come back to round 5 yeah and then there's three games left, so yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, and um, I, I know that you know other people are just in, intrigued, I guess, about this element of the women's game. You know, yeah. women getting hurt and getting knocked out, and is this a place for women? And this is kind of the first big example of that. So people mm. are gonna mull over it. I guess we're used to seeing girls get knocked out all the time. Yeah, no, it does happen because <laughs> uh, people get knocked out playing football. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. it does happen. Whenever I can't recall a word, that's because I've been knocked out a few times. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, I do recall our grand final and you insist you were not knocked out i was not knocked <laughs> out i was playing for a free you were knocked out <laughs> i wasn't but again so lucky to be in the winning rooms after that game and mm. they were pretty excited oh yeah i mean it was again like just being a short season it was like a it was a final for them because mm. um, you don't want to be zipping two. and we spoke to another former guest yeah. Aliso Day. Uh, Junior was pretty happy, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. She was ecstatic. You just can't believe what it would be like to be a supporter of a club your whole life and then get to play for them and then win when you've come back from, you know, three goals down at half time and you've played a huge part in that. Yeah. Um, and she had a blinding last half where she just, oh, she's got a beautiful kick. Yeah, she she's does. Got a, she's got a beautiful kick and she put it to work. I um I did I rewatched the game and I actually loved her battle with Britt Benici. Yeah, like <laughs> they were just because they're just so they're both so hard at it. Mm. And at one point, Junior's just got this grin on her face. She's yeah. just driven her into the <laughs> ground. <laughs> Doing a little shove as she gets up and she's just beaming. She is beaming. And then I, maybe a few minutes later, does she get pinger in her holding the ball? <laughs> I think she yeah. does. Well, here's Junior. We're in the winning Melbourne rooms with Elise O'Day. How does that feel? Yeah, that, that feeling <coughs> is so much better than the other feeling. Yeah, that was just a great, that's a great team win and we're all pretty right. Now, it, it took you a little while to get your game going, but gee whiz, when you did, you yeah. just opened the ground right up. Yeah, well, we came in at half-time and we were down four goals to one and we really had nothing to lose. So we just, like, that's sometimes the easiest way to play football when you've got nothing to lose. It For us, that's a final because 
if you go zip and two, it's very hard to make your way back. Um, you know, in a seven-game season. So, yeah, we had nothing to lose and we put it all on the line. And it'd be nice if we played that footy from um, the first quarter, the first bounce, but um, we'll work on that. What happened at half-time? Um, we just sort of came in and everyone had a bit of a look at each other's eyes and, you know, just a, like we just calmly, calmly sort of spoke about what we needed to do and it was really came down to simple things. We just needed to lift the intensity, lift the effort and um, we backed ourselves up our pre-season and, and we knew we could run over the top of them. So. Yeah, it really looked like you backed yourselves in and you, and you run and you really took the game on. Yeah, that's it. Like we, we, We've had a gruelling pre-season and we've got some of the fittest and fastest girls and I think they only just worked out how fit and fast they are because they all just ran today and I reckon we had another quarter in us as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Cat Phillips and Paxi, I mean, they just, yeah. they just ran and ran and ran. They're absolutely lightning. So, yeah, we just kicked it, kicked it to them and, and let them run and we just were there in support and I, and I cheered. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been a bit of a relief to actually play that style of footy after last week. It was so miserable and you just didn't get a chance to show what you could do. At least it was a bit cleaner. We could, there was a, a lot more marks. There was a lot more hitting targets. It wasn't just get it and hack it forward. We had a little bit of system, and we had a bit more composure with the ball there, just trying to hold it up towards the end there. So, um, yeah, it was a much. That's our game style. Like we'd like to be, just have simple brilliance as our game style. So, uh, we're, we haven't mastered it yet, but we're on the way. Personally, you were putting so much pressure on your opposition, and then you were backing it up by really using your disposals correctly and spotting up your targets how are you feeling now after that game yeah, i'm pretty exhausted and but i know that the bruises don't hurt as much when you get the win so um every bump on you that the other girls are doing it just as well and when you have when other girls are putting on pressure it's really contagious so it makes you want to put on pressure and then it's just it's like dominoes one goes the next one goes and you know so it's you just do your role and that's what we did tonight so junior for you as a Melbourne supporter, yeah. can you describe how you're feeling right yeah, now? Well, finally I got four points on my side. I was on SEN earlier this week and Gaza, Gary Lyon said to me, we got to get a win. And I'm like, I know I'm a Melbourne supporter, I want to get a win too. So, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was awesome. It's really, it's a great feeling. Because yeah. you, you have represented them before in the exhibition series, but yeah. this is a bit sweeter, this isn't This is it? different. You know, when you have a whole pre-season together, you have a camp, you're there nine hours at, at the minimum, like with each other a week, your family now. And um, everyone feels the losses. It feels like a death in the family when you're at the club after a loss on the weekend. So we really wanted to bounce back. And, and for a young group, it's really motivating to get a win now. Now they know the difference between that winning feeling and a losing feeling. And I think they'll go for that winning feeling, hopefully. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Junior. Great game. No, great. Great. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so that was... Uh the happy winners' rooms, but JC, what do you, um, where do you think that leaves Collingwood right now? Oh, look, they'd be disappointed. You don't want to start the season zipping too. I spoke a little bit last time about them kind of diversifying their route forward, and we certainly, mm. like, I thought Jess Cameron did a lot of really good things. You know, Mo Hope did. You know, she got a goal, and she was in a little, little bit more this week. But they just don't get not getting enough out of those those girls. And Sarah Darcy again has had another good game, but she hasn't got on the scoreboard. So you know, their top disposal winner was 
Amelia Barden with 12 and mm. um, then they had a couple of other girls on 11. And when, you know, your other midfielders and the other team are getting 16, 15, 14 and they've got a lot more contested possessions, like that's really going to hurt you. Yeah, I, look, Collingwood aren't playing bad footy. It's no. just not – they're not um, looking lethal. Mm. at the moment and yeah they just didn't quite have an answer to that really fast open style of footy that melbourne brought in the second half where they really split the game open yeah it was just it was just cracking pace football wasn't Mm. it yeah and you know if if that if that half had happened in the first half they would have had time to adjust and work it out and it just seemed like they weren't weren't resolving how to stop Melbourne with the time they had left. And as you said, like with 15-minute quarters, once someone's got their nose in front, it's really hard and to yeah, cause to claw it back. Yeah, you kind of have to wrestle wrestle momentum back and yeah. then score. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> tough. It's really tough. It just seems over in an, in an instant. It's almost like – it is almost like – 2020 cricket mm. it's um yeah it's just it was just a ballistic mm. kind of second half from melbourne yeah that's right i saw steph kiochi on the women's footy show on sunday and she mentioned you know they're going to brisbane this week and that the change of scenery might be good for them and, and mm. i'm i think it might be you know it, they've played two night games at, at icon park not their home ground yeah and now they get to go on the road bond together on the road and go and 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 play a game that where they've got they're going to have that experience together and it's this huge challenge for them but I think that can work in the favor of a team sometimes yeah so you know I think probably Brisbane are going to be favorites because they've had two blinding wins and now Mm. they're finally home and on their home turf but I wouldn't ride Collingwood off no well, they've just they've got too many good players. Yeah. You, you, oh, yes. They've got way too many good players. Yeah. That are not gonna you know wave a white flag anytime soon. All right. Well, that brings us to the final game of the round, which was uh, Fremantle v Brisbane, and again. Brisbane got over the line. They're two road trips in a row. They've got two wins. Taylor Harris, what a Whoa. game! Yep, that mark. Oh. She took a few marks really that were amazing. She got a rising star nomination today just you know well deserved the criteria for rising stars you've got to be under 21 yes yeah and it just you know when she actually when she got it today i was like really i thought she'd been playing for a decade (laughs) (laughs) Um, because she took that huge mark you know three or four years ago in that um exhibition game and she was only 17 yeah right (laughs) but it gets replayed all the time so you just think you know she's older than she is yeah brisbane look when the marquees were first announced and um, Brisbane had taken Taylor Harris and Sabrina Frederick Traub. I remember, and I don't know if we talked about it, mm. thinking, that's interesting. They've taken two tall forwards. You know, and maybe I thought, that's a bit silly. You know, it's 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 the beginning where everyone's trying to pick up the, the really um, – the, the girls that have really a talent that's in scarce supply. So you get mm. – you know, Daisy gets picked up and Moe's kicked 100 goals get picked up and, you know – Emma King, who's 100 feet tall, and gets picked up. And then, you know, they took two of the uh, – not, they're not the same player at all, but they're similar. They're going to fill a particular role. And now that looks like a genius move. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder what Frio would have done to have had yeah. Sabrina in their forward line. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. To, to kick two because they are lacking that really the dominant – Yeah, big um, target. Big target. Yeah, so – when the marquees stand up, you know, a team that's got their two marquees on the ground and the marquees perform are just so far ahead of the opposition. And, you know, Fremantle, as we know, Kiara Bowers did her ACL, um, you know, before this all started. So she's not she's mm. not 
in it. Um, you know, Ebony Antonio, their, one of their key defenders, had been rubbed out the week before, so they were down that. It's you know, yeah, it's not a good week to not have one of your key, key, defenders, key defenders when you're coming up against those two. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a return of basic footy principles sometimes in that you know having a, a key forward that can take a contested mark that is somewhat predictable in where they're going to be and can also not just take the contested mark in the forward line, but when you're coming out of your back line, they can take that mark. You know. A, at the 50 metre line or along the wing as yeah, well. Yeah, and she um, did that a number yeah. of times, Taylor. So, yeah. But there were other players. We won't just talk about them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Wushner and her two goals, she was excited when she got those. Yeah. And she did a great job. You know, they were 10 points down in the second term. Yeah. But they just dominated from yeah. then on. Some of their ball winners, like Zilke and, and Emily Bates through the middle, they just, mm. yeah, they were just kind of, they just all kind of stepped up when they needed, didn't yeah. they? And even the defenders, like Virgo was really good, really yes. solid, poised, yeah. didn't rush the ball out. Yeah. Jeez, they're, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> but um, some news coming out of Frio today, actually, they also released a couple of um, injury updates and unfortunately, Brianna Green broke her collarbone in that game um, but she's she's out for the rest of the season and and also Kim Mickle the javelin thrower ruptured her ACL as well yeah and she was kind of she was getting on the end of a few and, and they lost her quite early in the game you know plus they they lose Green who's a, who's a ball winner they're just uh, not having much luck yeah they're not having much luck so they'll be pretty pleased to get Antonio back yeah this yeah. week it's just not coming together for Freo you know a lot of well I was re-listening to an episode from last year today um <laughs> Where you, Alison, remarked that, you know, it was the day that the um, eight AFLW teams were announced and Fremantle was the only Western Australian team and you said, you know, how strong are Fremantle going to be? Because they've got, you know, a dozen A-graders. Yes. But a lot of those A-graders went elsewhere, you know. Yeah. Sabrina is in Queensland. um, Kelly... Gibson, she's from WA, isn't yeah, she? Kelly Gibson and Chelsea, Chelsea. Rander in mm-hmm. Adelaide. Renee Forth, Emma Swanson, GWS. Emma King came to um, Melbourne. Uh, mm. Came well to Melbourne mm. to go to Collingwood. So they lost those six. So um, and then Kiara Bowers with her ACL. So yeah, yeah they they're not as dominant as we thought. Um, those players are a big loss, and and now that we've had two rounds of um, AFLW, we can see that the classier A graders make such a huge difference when they perform and yeah. they're fit and and yeah. ready to go. Yeah. So, well, it's kind of like what you were saying last week that in women's football, every possession is hard fought, mm. and those A grade players always look like they have time. Yeah. Yes. It's just yeah, it's tough for Frio. Yeah. At the moment. But they're, you know, they've got the benefit of hopefully knowing each other better because they're from the same state and would have done state things together and, um, you know, they're going to bring it together. But it might be too late for them to make that, make the premiership. You know, there's no finals in this. There's just the grand final, top two. So yeah. it's not particularly forgiving, the setup. Yeah. Unfortunately, our budget does not extend to flying to Western Australia for post-match interviews. Yeah, no, um, it didn't this week. Um, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> airline (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) we will happily happily spook you (laughs) (laughs) round three there's some big games coming up yeah the first one being gwsv Fremantle. i mean who would have thought that Fremantle would be without a win going to sydney big road trip this is going to be an interesting game like i 
I would almost say GWS going by how they played last week. Yeah, just seeing their passages of play and how they can string it together and they would have got so much confidence out yes. of those three quarters. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll see Emma Swanson, one of their marquees, yes. get back in the team. She's their vice captain. Yeah, look at – who knows that game? I don't know. I think that could that's going to be intriguing. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually – I'm fascinated. I can't wait to – park myself in front of the telly <laughs> on Saturday. Because <laughs> um, straight after that one, also on Saturday, Brisbane play Collingwood. Mm. Collingwood, as we said earlier, having to go on the road to get their first win might actually work in their favour. But Brizzy, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. This is their first time game too. Yeah. But look, Collingwood have a lot of classy defenders. Yep. They might be able to work out how to stop the dominance of Taylor mm. Harris and Sabrina frederick Traub, Nick Stevens, Meg Hutchins. Um, Cecilia McIntosh can run it out of there. Steph Kjoch can run it out of there. Um, th- that's a lot of experienced players I've just named. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I think if Colling, you know, if Collingwood put their best game together, they're going to win. It's yep. just whether they can can do it on can the road. Yep. Yeah. Um, then Saturday night is the probably the match of the round. Mm. Traditional rivals, would we say? Western Bulldogs v Melbourne? Traditional AFLW <laughs> rivals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, given their uh, trailblazing ways mm. in the exhibition series, but this is going to be a ripper of a game. Yeah, well, they're both, you know, they're both one and one. You know, I, I mentioned last week, I didn't tip Melbourne last week because I felt like I hadn't yet seen what their style of play was. I didn't know what they were aiming for. And that last half on Saturday, well, I know what they're aiming for. And if they can do that, well, I don't know who, who can beat them at mm. that. Yes. Um, it's just whether they can do it against Western Bulldogs at their home ground. Yes. Um, and Western Bulldogs, I'm sure, are stinging. Yeah, from that, that last week. Um, and there would have been a lot of soul-searching, I think, after the Western Bulldogs game because they would have been very frustrated by what had happened and not getting to the ball first and so on. And so, mm. Yeah. Cracker. But, I mean, having having said that, probably two of the prime midfields, I think, in the mm. AFLW competition on, on, on paper, you got Carney, Blackburn, etc. The doggies, PSA well, day. It's a bit of a Melbourne Uni versus Falcons midfield. Well, it kind of is, isn't it, it actually? It kind of is. And they, you know, so those combos have played a lot of football against one another. Mm. I'm sure there's no love lost when they're Mm. on, they're in, still on opposite teams in different jumpers. Yes. (laughs) And also that match is the second of a double header with the JLT um, pre-season series in the men's competition. They will open, open the gates at three quarter time subject to capacity um, but they are recommending that you pre-purchase tickets or pre-purchase on your club memberships then on sunday at top of the table clash debiton oval in the city of churches adelaide take on carlton both undefeated this is a4w heaven i know is it 1996 where's tony modra (laughs) yes Oh, look, geez, Carlton have a job ahead of them. Mm. But it's their first time on the road. I'm expecting them to be fresh. Yes. Adelaide have a nine-day break. Yeah. And it can't have an eight-day one. Mm. So, look, who knows? I Sorry, I, I'm not tipping anymore. I feel like it's it's too up in the air. Oh, I, I got one last <laughs> week, so I am useless. But So, if anyone who's tuning in for tips... And don't listen don't, to just us. Don't, just... Flip a coin, mm. basically. <laughs> basically flip a coin because it's it's too early. You know, yeah. the combinations are, you know, 
just yeah, it's it's too it's too early to tell. There are so many variations. Um, there are so many different things that could happen. Players that step up. So yeah, it's it's so early. I um I hope it's a really good game. I hope it's not yeah. a whitewash. I hope we start to see you know well we see more of how exciting these two teams can be. Yeah. I just can't wait to see both these midfields just crack in. <laughs> yeah. They are, I mean, going by how Adelaide played against mm. the Doggies and, you know, we've we've spoken a lot about Carlton's mids. Yeah. I, I just, this is going to be, yeah. it's going to be on. Yeah, it's going to be on. So good luck to both teams. So we've covered off all the games, JC, but uh, on the weekend there was a feature article in The Age by Sam Lane featuring Penny Cooler-Reed and Mia Ray Clifford announcing themselves as the first out gay couple in AFL footy. What did you make of that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It was good timing because they were playing each other that evening. Yes. Adds a bit of extra drama. Drama. Um, yeah, look, it's. I was surprised to see the article, not because of the content, because, you know, we spoke in the past when I was on the show last year in anticipation of the Pride game about how, you know, women's footy is a pretty diverse space. There are lots of queer players and we're going to see... AFLW players that are out and so on. So I wasn't surprised on that front. I guess I was surprised about how um, how we're kind of um, talking about what it means to be out because I think people that are fans of AFLW and follow a lot of players on their social media and so on would, would be well aware that there are other couples and who who live their lives quite openly through social media and have open social media accounts and so I guess when I saw that I just was like oh is, is that how we have to be out now we have to <laughs> give interviews <laughs> <laughs> but having said that that's that's my cynical hat I'll put that aside for a minute it is absolutely fantastic that this is happening I think because AFLW is just throwing up all this other stuff that traditional AFL doesn't know how to talk about or deal yeah. with and um and it's just kind of a fact mm. <laughs> in AFLW and you just got to roll with it. But, you know, we are already seeing, you know, I saw Emma Swanson had given an interview to K-Rock about marriage equality and I think in the good weekend one of the, you know, Western Bulldogs players talks, they interviewed her female partner that came to one of the events. You know, it's it's just been dropped in to, mm. to other media things. So, yeah, look, it's, it's a sign of AFLW is different. Yeah. And it's pretty good at certain things. Yeah. Being inclusive and inviting and welcoming and yeah it, it was interesting a lot of the commentary around it i found they didn't just speak about the article but they spoke about the impact on men's footy mm. and that there isn't currently any male players that are out mm. do you think that is a necessary part of the discussion um i don't i don't think the comparison's fair because i think they're quite different the cultures within both sports are quite different completely different completely different but i do think as you know we've spoken we spoke last week about how we're getting all these really different images of women that we're used to and all Mm. different types of women and this is another these are different stories and images that we're getting as well and so if you're growing up as a young person you are seeing this much more diverse representation of the community that exists Mm. um then in in the realm of football and enjoying the um the support that football gets and I guess the other thing for me is you know a lot of the marketing around AFLW has been around you know strong as the new pretty and girls finally getting to achieve their dreams and never stop believing and be true to yourself and all this kind of stuff and that does sit very well with you know being openly gay and happy and Mm. in love and yeah just keep being true to yourself and not hiding what you really want to do which is yeah play footy and have a girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) 
But it's true what you say <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's because to in in men's footy, it's almost like you have to be a certain way. You have yeah. to be a certain way to fit in and play footy. And whereas the environment here that that I've experienced and that you've always told me about as well is that it's traditionally it's been always really accepting of mm. people of different backgrounds. You know, whether it's sexuality or not. Mm. Yeah. It's just, it'll be amazing if that can kind of transcend. But interesting times in footy in general. Yeah. I guess I knew this was coming. Mm. These type of articles were coming based on, you know, the cohort of players that were in AFLW and how the media is. And You were counting down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't counting down. I was anxiously anticipating how it would unfold. So that's not a finished story yet. We'll see how it keeps going. Mm. Um, yeah, but, you know, good on those two girls for telling their story. It's pretty confronting to put yourselves out there like that. Yeah, um, in a world that is not always 100% behind you. Mm. Although a lot of a lot of the commentary is definitely up there. Yeah, well, I haven't seen anything negative about it. No. If anything, it's just the people that are like, I don't care, just play footy. Yeah. And, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do that too. They do that too. And I think they probably would do the same thing about, you know, Lance, pictures of Lance Franklin and his girlfriend getting married on the that's on the front page of The Age Online, mm. you know. They, they would probably say the same to yeah. that, you would hope. Do you have any other thoughts going into round three of AFLW? Well, I have come up with a little summary of mm. things that I think if you are a youth girl or you're someone who hasn't even played footy yet but you're thinking of becoming a player, there are three scarce skills that AFLW players have but – are so needed and wanted. And if you've got those skills, you're going to dominate. Mm. So can I say what they are? Yes, you can. I'm intrigued. So if you're a youth girl, these are things you need to work on. One is being able to kick on both feet. Mm. The the kick with your non-dominant foot doesn't need to be pretty, Mm. just effective. Effective, yeah. We've seen quite a few goals kick on left feet, Darcy did one round one, Loz Arnell did one round one, Mo just did one this round. I'm pretty certain that it was a Brisbane, the first Brisbane goal was a lefty. We saw Katie Loins keep the ball in play when she was being pushed out to the boundary and it ended up in Bree Davies' hands Mm. and that was a left foot. So when it's a quick, frantic game, you've only got one or two seconds, being able to use your non-dominant foot because that's the side that you're on Really, it makes things happen. Mm. Keeps the ball in play. It makes things happen. You get goals. So that's my first one. The second one is being able to take a reliable contested mark. Yes. And teams oh that God. have that, mm. Dale Harris. We saw Elise Gamble do heaps of those in the practice match. Yes. Um, teams that have players who can take a reliable contested mark can just structure everything around it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And that's a skill that's in scarce supply. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are lots of players out there that can do it, and I, but I'm not seeing that yet. You know, Daisy can take a great contestant mark, but I haven't seen her, you know, just not having the opportunity yet. And the other one is being able to do a clearing handball whilst you're being tackled. Yes. Junior Aliso Day is the master at she it. Is. She is the master of getting her hands free yeah. free when she's being tackled for what seems like hours mm. um, and can get the hands out. We've seen Carlton do that a few times where they've been switching uh, – 
been taking the ball through the middle of the ground and someone has the ball gets tackled and for a minute you're like for a second you you think oh this is going to be a contest and it's done but they get this quick hands out to a person who's running at full steam ahead so you can practice that at home just get two mates one of them to tackle you and the other one to run around and yell your name and you've got your eyes closed and just get your hands out and handball it to them those three skills i feel like i'm seeing time and time again when something exciting happens it's because a player has been able to execute one of those things Wow. There you go. Coaching tips. Coaching 101. Yeah, with JC. <laughs> We're not, we don't just do game talk. <laughs> We're here to help aspiring footballers too. That's exactly right, including me. <laughs> yes. I can, by the way, I can do, <laughs> I can't do any of those things. Yes. Well, I was, you, just, you were talking about non-preferred. I cannot do that at all. I can do it in slow motion. Yes. <laughs> which is not helpful. I can dream that I can do it. <laughs> can't actually do it. Yeah. I think that wraps us up. Yeah. For episode five. If Whoa! You, yeah, look out. <laughs> if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe. Yeah. We love people subscribing. But what we love even more is people giving us reviews and ratings on iTunes. Yeah. So just uh, just type in This AFL Life. Yeah. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And uh, feel free to like us on Facebook or yes. Twitter or Instagram. Yep. At This AFL Life. We do have an email address too, but I don't check it very often. <laughs> <laughs> This safe live at gmail.com. So, yeah, so give us a follow, give us a like, give us a rating, um, and we'll see you next time on yeah. This Safe Life. See ya.